today on the program. Just give me the story and I'll have your baby. It's Die Hard 2. Hello! And hello! Hello! Welcome to the Rewatch Party. I am your host, Nick. Joining me solo today is the ejector seat to my cockpit, Brandon. How you doing, man? I'm all right, man. Hey, keep hey. it down. Keep it down. Hey, man, they just... Sorry. Man, they, they, they follow me everywhere. Oh, I know. It's a blessing Friday and a curse. Friday nights, it's a, it's a fucking... <laughs> it's a shit show when they come on. Because, yeah, either way, though. But, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm doing good. Doing I'm, good. I'm, uh, I feel like I've got some big shoes to fill. That's right. right. We are uh, we are sans los. He's Ooh. he's out on a on a special mission. Special assignment. Special assignment <laughs> to find more standard def DVDs for the collection. He's going deep. That's right. He's digging through at pawn shops all across America. <laughs> uh, no, but today we are talking about Die Hard Two. Which I always thought was called Die Hard 2 colon Die Harder. Mm -hmm. But Die Harder was just the tagline. It wasn't like part of the title. Well, what's what's the fifth one is like Die Hard, Die Harder, right? uh, It's something like that, right? The fifth one is called A Good Day to Die Hard. The fourth one is Live Free or Die Hard, which is a play off the state of Maryland. Their license plates all say Live Free or Die. Oh, oh, it's like their right. state motto, so they turned yeah. into "Live Free or Die Hard." So, what happened with Die Hard Two? They just they just went with plain old Die Hard Two. I know. I mean, Die Harder. I get that that's a tagline, but that should just work right uh, as a movie. Like yeah. that's your title, right? Die there. Hard, Die Harder. Yeah, and then Die the, Hard with a Vengeance. It's because Die Hardest is that's too dumb. Die Hardest. Die Hard. Well, <laughs> Die Hard, Die Harder, Die Hardest. That's yeah. the natural progression of things. Well, yeah, but you see the um, they're keeping with that same yeah. Uh, set up for the title it's weird that you would do just one movie with a number mm-hmm. like sequels number sometimes and i get that but if that's your thing then keep going rocky did fucking five of them baby you know just keep throwing those numbers out there yeah, that's it keep it simple yeah because in situations where you have a show that recaps movies in alphabetical in order, order you can get them all at the same you time. know if they just would have thought in 1990 that eventually there will be some guys Talking about movies in alphabetical <laughs> order. we got to keep this shit together. On a podcast, yep. yeah. Hmm. But luckily, at least the ones that matter are still in order. Yeah. Two, <laughs> two becomes comes before with. So Die mm-hmm. Hard 2 is before Die Hard with a Vengeance. Uh, Live Free or Die Hard, which only half matters. L obviously comes after D. And Good Day obviously would become before, but we're not, that's not part of anything that movie never should have been made so that's my feelings on that yeah um so this one came out two years after the first so like that first came out was a success and like they just immediately jumped into this they wanted to milk that tea uh, man, man like they'd... two years that's a long time in movie time it yeah you don't you don't want anybody to forget like you could ever forget fucking die hard <laughs> oh right but it was it it this movie seems so much like a straight carbon copy of the first. Like, really, all they did was change the venue. Yeah. Like, I can see that. Uh, and there was even a thing Bruce was pissed. Well, not pissed, but whatever. Like, a little bit 
upset because of how much they referenced that first one and how many times, you know, like, oh, I'm in a fucking air vents again. Oh, there's terrorists again. And, like, how often they have to, like, hey, guys, remember? Remember? What the fuck are you remember? doing, John? Yeah. And shit <laughs> like that. It's like, uh, and it's even, again, a Christmas movie. Yes, it is. And we'll get to it, but the credit song is Let It Snow again, just like the first one. It's like, you haven't even let the dust settle from Die Hard, and you're doing the exact same thing. But no, they, they bought too. the rights to that song, and they're just... They, wanted to, they probably got it for a discount for another movie, so they're Maybe. just trying to, to save some money there. Because, I mean, what's the budget? I think I remember looking at it, it was pretty, yeah, 700 or 70 million dollars. And 19, the well, in probably 80, 89 while they were filming. Yeah, that's so. I'm doing the math right now. That's a fuck ton of money. <laughs> <laughs> it is substantial, yes. Uh, and it's, I mean, it works like there's. There's very little in this movie I feel that doesn't work. Like the stunts mm -hmm. all look good, the explosions look good. I mean, so they they put the money to good use. It's just like you didn't try to even come up with an interesting story for this. You wanted the exact same fucking thing that happened the first time. Yeah, they they went through on the script and just changed the places and the people. Pretty, <laughs> Pretty much. much. Exactly. Yeah. And it takes place uh, at an airport. Airport instead of a skyscraper. Other than I that, do, it's the same thing. I do like that as they as they go along, uh, his area in which he destroys things grows. Like the first one was just a building. <laughs> this one is an airport. The third one is the entirety of New York City. The fourth goes from like Washington D.C. to Jersey. Like he has most of the <laughs> eastern most of the eastern seaboard. And the fifth one is just all of Russia. I mean, like if they make a sixth one, he's blowing the world it's up. It's going to be the world. He's yeah. Like, he and then what would what would the one after that be where it takes place in space? Oh, he would have I mean, yeah, John McClane Die in Hard space. Zero G? Die Die Hard 7 uh or 6, I don't know. Yeah, 7. I don't even know what they would fucking call it, but like the Milky Way or the Highway or I don't know, some kind of play cuz he, he's highway. coming for the galaxy at that point. Yeah. I don't even know what he would do. And he'd fucking yippee Kaye motherfucker Beetlejuice or some stupid line in this. But uh, so back to Die Hard 2. Uh, well, uh, just looking at the, the dates real quick. Uh, so it opened July 8th, 1990. And uh -huh. we're only just a little little past that. The, uh, the anniversary of it. A couple so, weeks after the, let's see, from 90 to the, to the 31st so, anniversary. Yeah, something like that. Uh, did 21.7 million on its opening weekend, so it didn't quite make that money back. No. But that's just the opening weekend, and worldwide gross is uh, just a cool 240 mil. So it definitely made its oh, money it, back. Oh, for sure. Well, obviously, we've had three more sequels, so this <laughs> yeah. was successful enough to keep going. Yeah. And thank God, because we get to this third one next week. Woo! I mean, I That is a good one. I don't know if it's better than the first, because the first is so perfect, but God damn, that third one. Die Hard with a Vengeance is amazing. Like... I bet it, depending on the day you ask me, I might rank that higher, you know? Fair enough. It yeah. would toggle back and forth. There's a, a little more in the story. Well, we're, we're not there yet, but there's a little more in the storyline. Oh, yeah, I love all the, the, the puzzles mm -hmm. and the cat and mouse yeah, and the it. villain yeah. is so interesting. Yeah, there's so much more into that. But sadly, we're not there yet. We're yeah. talking about two. Die Hard 2. Where they literally just threw a guy. This is directed by Rennie Harlan, whereas the first one was John McTiernan. Rennie Harlan gave us Deep Blue Sea. Oh. The Samuel Jackson, LL okay. Cool J, Intelligent Mutant Shark mm -hmm. Adventure. Yeah. Uh, Cliffhanger, 
Uh, future, that's your boy. That's future oh, wait, uh, no. rewatch rewind episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's Stallone. That's where he drops the lady off of the thing that they parodied Nace Ventura to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Adventures of Ford Fairlane, which is Andrew Dice Clay's major motion picture starring debut, where he's a rock and roll detective in Los Angeles. And there's a reason why you haven't heard of that, people. Yeah. Oh, it's bad. <laughs> I mean, it's good bad, though. I fucking love Adventures of Ford Fairlane, but it is a bad, bad fucking movie. Uh God, what is that? He at one point like takes over someone's recording session, and he's like, "You don't know how to rock and roll, kid," and ends up singing a song. And he's like, "That's how you fuck." It's nice clay, so that's how you rock and roll. Oh, or whatever he does. Was he on a mission from God? No, he was not. Oh. Sadly, he uh, some somebody fell out of the Capitol Records building or something, and he was just trying to figure out a murder. <laughs> and of course, it turned into this big deep conspiracy and all sorts of stupid shit. Uh, and Gilbert Godfrey was in it for some reason. But oh anyway, so this one, again, was written by Stephen D'Souza, as just like the first one. So same writer. Same writer, but again, also like the first one, this was based on a book. Mm-hmm. This book was called 58 Minutes and by Walter Wager. So the first one, a novel, this one, a novel. So D'Souza just takes a novel and is like, and change the character name to John McClane yeah. and print screenplay credit. <laughs> so the the, the the two books that the first two are based off of, the books aren't related. Not at all. Oh, wow. Not at okay, all. Okay, so yeah, he just took those and was like, you know what? This I'm going like to milk this tea. That's right. That's right. That's, a, that's like, a, oh, this is kind of an action book. Let's turn this into, like, change it to John McClane and make it a thing. Because remember, the, the book from the first movie was a sequel. Yeah. To that... Uh, detective, which was a then turned into a Frank Sinatra movie, so mm-hmm. that was yeah, that was its own thing. And this is a completely separate author, completely separate, had nothing to do with. And the character in the first book wasn't even John McClane, mm-hmm. so uh, and I think he was going to find his daughter, not his wife, anyway. So we got another book, 15 minutes, and they even kind of reference that at one point. Uh, the guy in the control tower is like, they have 58 minutes to land or something. So they uh, like, okay. even reference it a okay. little bit. Little doff of the cap. Little doff of the cap to themselves or to the source material. Uh, Roderick Thorpe, the author of the first novel, gets credit for characters created by, but they change the names. Yeah. So like there aren't even his characters anymore. So I'm not sure how that... Well, if they really still display, out. I guess, the same stories or maybe experiences, then the name, I guess, is irrelevant, maybe? I, I guess. I, I'm not yeah, sure how it works, but, like, as I was going through, like, I think he gets that credit every time because mm. John McClane's considered his character, even though it wasn't. It was somebody else that was Frank Sinatra. So how it all works out, it's whatever. You know, I yeah. think that... Uh, they just give people credit so that they don't get sued or something, probably. Anyway, so the worst thing is the opening thing. This movie opens with Die Hard 2, like sliding into the screen and these really cheap, like, metallic sound effects. <laughs> and I was like, holy fuck, what is going on here? <laughs> oh, my God. And I, I have seen this multiple times, and I apparently have blocked that out completely because it's so stupid and pointless. Uh, we didn't need that in the first one. Why the fuck is it here? But, uh, so after that, it cuts to a car getting towed. At the airport? At the airport, but also, like, right across the street from the airports, like, restaurants and, and shopping. And I was like, that doesn't 
I mean, it is in New York. I, I don't know. Or the, DC. Or this DC. Is Dulles. That's right. Yeah, I don't know the layout of, of So it's Dulles. weird that your, your, air, your, like your terminal pickup, your, mm-hmm. where you're picking up passengers, is just like a regular-ass fucking city street right next to Olive Garden or Seems whatever. Seems like you'd have a little more. Yeah, like you wouldn't want that sort of backup traffic uh, in your business district. Per se, but I don't know how these. Also, they didn't film this at Dulles. They filmed sure. it all over. Uh, there's one shot in particular in this movie, one scene that was filmed in eight different locations scattered all across the country. Wow. So, uh, they were just really taking some liberties with this one. Yeah. But of course, the the car getting towed is McLean's, and he's introducing himself as LAPD now. Mm-hmm. So he, what does that tell us? That He's, tells us after the events of Die Hard, he decided to stay out there to be with Holly and the mm-hmm. kids, and they're uh, they're doing good. He's yeah. He's now LAPD instead of NYPD, which honestly, the way he operates fits way better with LAPD. With LAPD, from what <laughs> especially we've seen, in eighties right? and nineties, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that works out much yeah. better for him, and so. He even, like, tries to talk his way out of a ticket. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, come on, it's Christmas. Yeah, he tries all of that, and then finally at the very end when he's getting desperate, he's like, hey, I'm a cop, LAPD. Yeah. Like, we watch out, you know, he pulls that at the very end, mm-hmm. doesn't get him and the shit. guy's just like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, I don't, I don't, fucking, I don't fucking care. care. Like, ask Santa to for something <laughs> or whatever. Because why? It's a Christmas movie. Because it's a Christmas movie. Uh, so he goes into the airport. He's like, well, I'm, you know, I got to pick up Holly. She's flying in and I, I, I don't have a car anymore, but we'll have to figure out. Well, it was her, uh, her parents' car. When that, he's in I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he's like, I will just have to fucking deal with that ride later. I'm not gonna be able to drive her anywhere after this, but you know, whatever. So the, the TVs in the airport are all talking about General Esperanza. Mm-hmm. And how he's being, uh, what's the fucking word? When uh, you bring a criminal back. Not e- extradited. Yes. From Valverde. You remember Valverde? Not really. Valverde was the made-up Latin country to put villains in uh, that was in Commando. That Arnold movie. Oh, was it? Where they just make it up so they don't have to, like, sure. villainize yeah. a real country. Yeah. Sure. So Esperanza is from Valverde, and uh, it's weird because the news report then cuts, like from them at the airport, it cuts to an apartment, mm-hmm. and what's going on in this news report is fucking William Sadler naked as shit, practicing like Tai Chi or something in yeah. his living room in front of the TV. Well, when this scene came up, and I was like, wait, 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 when, when did we switch to a to a Van Damme film? Because yeah, that yeah, is something yeah. exactly like that you would see oh, him do. Oh, of course. Doing. He just didn't do any splits, but I was waiting for he it. He was he I mean he was stretching. He was stretch he was getting oh, yeah. there and that, that hiney was pretty toned. Woo! But those those nipples weren't pointing down. They weren't down. pointing down. They were and, they were out. And the legs were not thick enough. No, God no. But uh he's he's incredibly fit. He apparently William Sadler like uh strict diet workout regimen, but also trained in a few forms of martial arts okay. so he could believably not only look Kick like that, but the, when he does have the fight at the end with Bruce Willis, you know, he wanted to, like, look convincing sure. as a guy who does martial arts. Um, is it just me or the the William Sadler? Does he look like a um, like a Hill Country Fair off-brand version of Dolph Lundgren? 
A little bit. A little I bit. I could see that. I could see that. And and it would go. I think Dolph had the better career. Is also like a fucking what but, biochemist or what he is. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, uh, William Sadler would be the. Uh, Store brand, the always <laughs> yeah. safe yellow box version, the good of, value. Oh, yeah, uh, but what a way to introduce a character. And I don't know, I don't know shit about William Sadler that much. Anyway, like I've seen him in some things, but I don't know how big he was at this point. Yeah, uh, to have your introduction to the movie be your asshole and taint, like close up in the like well, it starts on his butt, and then you see oh he's tai chiing naked for some reason, but it's just like. Well, you Holy know what butthole. What other role he played just uh, like four years after this movie? Was that didn't do it? Lawyer, fuck me. Oh right, that's yeah. he is in Shawshank. Yeah, uh, and he would. And he was the devil. I see. You have it up here. He was yeah. the devil in Bogus Journey. Bill and Ted's Bogus or the Reaper. Oh, the yeah, the Reaper. But that was even after. So I don't know how much of how much he had going on before Die Hard Two. But still, like your introduction to the world just coming right out of your brown eye just seems like a weird spot i mean hey if that's the price you got to pay for like your first leading role you just got to do some tai chi naked I, yeah. i'd do it hey if i looked as good i'd do as, full frontal <laughs> <laughs> if i looked as toned as he does you know i'd i'd be all right being naked hey get it while i'm young and hot and not when i'm old I'm, and flabby i'm just uh I'm, I'm browsing through his roles prior to this movie and it uh-huh. looks like a lot of tv stuff i think there's a couple movies um, but really, I mean, honestly, nothing that I've I've heard of. Nothing big. Um, so much like Rickman in the one before this, him playing a villain, getting like a major role. Oh, he was in a, he was in the Heat of the Night. Uh, in the Heat of the Night. No, you don't know that TV I thought, show. I thought you're going for a Heat of the Moment. Yeah, Heat no. of the Night was like a not a semi-racist thing. Wasn't it about color and shit in the South and cops and stuff. I, I, yeah, that's about all I remember of it. But that was in 88, so we're only talking... Yeah, I mean, he had probably just gotten, Finished that and started filming yeah, this right away. Yeah, that's what it so, seems like. All yeah, right. Always, uh, couple, couple roles in Roseanne. Oh, God. As, <laughs> so. as the couch or what? What did he... <laughs> uh, Dwight. Dwight. Yeah, it's just a one episode. Two episodes he was in. Two episodes yeah. in one of Becky's boyfriends. Uh, but which Becky? God, oh, God how damn. many Beckys did they have in that show? Yeah, well, a few too, other TV series, just little, maybe some. All right, cameos. so his, yeah. his his really his big screen debut was. I a, would say this is it. Was hard a big, to kill. Big old naked shot. Oh, Steven Seagal. Yeah, don't worry, listen. And that was that was that was same year. That was in ninety. There was gonna so. there there will be zero Steven Seagal in the well. There he shows up. He's the villain in Machete, but there's no like mm. Steven Seagal movies in the rewatch because Steven Seagal sucks, as do all of his movies. So suck that with your ponytail, you fucking bastard. Um, so naked Tai Chi. Man, we haven't even got into this. So <laughs> uh, now Esperanza is coming to America, and the news reports talking like there's controversy since the Pentagon officials have supplied him with weapons at one point. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's doing a lot of cocaine running and uh, drug supplying. And so it's a, it's quite a political mess here. Yeah. And so they're bringing him in for, I, I don't know what they're going to do, because at one point we financed and supplied this guy, so we're kind of to blame, and we can't admit that we're to blame or wrong ever, so I'm not sure what the, what the goal like the here is. It's like the Contra scandal. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's kind of what I got from it. It was yeah. like... 
and I'm sure they'd it. be like, "Fuck it, just kill him." But then, like, the news is all over. Like, well, now that like now everybody knows, we yeah. can't we can't just off him. Yeah. So I mean, at, after the events of this movie, spoiler alert, he gets it. They're probably like, you know what? Okay. Fucking yeah. whoop, lucked out on that one. <laughs> Let's keep this McLean guy around, huh? Um, so now Bruce is trying to make a call because his beepers going. Oh, that's right. We got beepers in this fucking movie. Did you ever have a beeper? I never did. No, did I? I was never a doctor or drug dealer, mm. so I didn't ever get that. How I didn't even get a fucking cell phone until I, as you know, me and technology no. do not go hand nope. in hand. You had a hard time buying that pair of headphones. I did actually I had to stop at a few places. <laughs> Oh, I'm such a dumbass. I don't, I don't know. I wasn't thinking I, I had my charger and everything ready to go and then just walked out the door and <laughs> left it all sitting there. So, uh, you know, I'm smart. Um, so now, obviously, as he's hanging around the airport, we we get these bad guys coming in. And we know they're bad guys because it's an 80s the music slash early 90s. Playing. The music's playing. The look. They're they're all stern and emotionless and, and terrible. So um, you have to know they're bad guys. One of these bad guys is Robert Patrick. Robert Patrick is the T-1000 from Terminator 2. The man himself, the liquid metal behemoth, is one of the goons in this movie. Now, I didn't know that I was going to have a chance to tell the story before Terminator 2, but I got a great story about Robert Patrick. Give it to me. All right, so when I was in L.A., uh, I ended up playing lead guitar for this band for a couple of months. The guy that was playing for him, like, hurt his hand, whatever, uh, needed a sub. Okay. So while I was playing with them for two, well, maybe three months, we ended up going to Vegas to play like two nights. Mm -hmm. And so we had a hotel room. And so we were hanging out one night and we're all telling stories and like talking about celebrity encounters. Because, of course, it's fucking L.A. life. It's all about that. Yeah. And I'd talk about like I met Morgan Freeman while I was catering or I did this when I was catering and everything was about catering. Also, I obviously talked about Frank Stallone. <laughs> and my run is the first one. Yeah. And the keyboardist told a great story about Kevin Spacey that I'll get to when Kevin Spacey comes oh, no. up on, when he, he comes him? up on the show. No, <laughs> but I didn't want to believe that story. I was like Kevin Spacey, no fucking way, not yeah. Kevin Spacey. And then oh yeah, oh, Kevin yeah, Spacey. Kevin. So like the the lead singer of the band just politely let us all go, and then finally he's like, "All right, I got you all beat." Oh shit. So I worked at Starbucks, and this is me talking as Bobby. Is his name Bobby? Okay. Was the I, I don't remember the name of the band, nor his last name. He now Bobby's lives, Revenge. Now he lives in Colorado, so I'm pretty sure he's safe. Nobody's going to find this Bobby. Yeah. I, I, and so it's important, you know, his name starts with a B. Okay. Uh, he's working at Starbucks, you know, and because uh, he was trying to be an actor and musician, so of course. That's what you do. Yeah. And it, there's a line of people, and he's having a really rough day because he had just found out the house he was staying in, like their air conditioner wasn't working, and mm -hmm. they kept calling the landlord, kept calling the landlord, kept calling the landlord. Finally, they found out that bees had been making their homes up in the crawl space, not attic per se, but little crawl space, yep. and had built such a huge hive that they were blocking like the main air duct. Oh, wow. And they went in there and they found, I don't know how many millions of bees and like all these fucking hives and honeycombs. And it was like, it was a huge, like the whole attic crawl space of this house was one giant bee colony. Wow. And so they got put up in a hotel 
and ended up like the landlord paying for it because obviously they were while they took care of the whole problem and he's talking about this but in line at starbucks was robert patrick t2 himself and he was and he's a southern man is he a beekeeper is that where you're getting no 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 (laughs) so he's a southern man so he just was like wait what (laughs) what the hell he's looking at other people like you're never gonna believe this guy right here had a house full of like four million bees. Can you fucking believe that shit? Can you fucking... And the guy's just like, holy shit, dude, calm down. Calm down. You know, whatever. Here's your coffee. And then like a week later, he's just sitting there taking orders and making coffees. And all of a sudden he's hey, bee man! <laughs> and he looks up and there's Robert Factor. This guy, his attic was full of 10 million bees and about 200 pounds of honey. Can you fucking believe that shit? Like a couple weeks later, making come. Hey, B man! He's like, what the fuck? And so be, he'd just randomly come it in, would to come the- in, and it was just like the the Bill Brasky thing from Saturday Night Live. Like every time he came in, it was more bees, more yeah. honey. It ended up being yeah, because like, first it was four million, yeah, then ten no, million. This is just like by the end, it was like two billion bees. <laughs> I mean, and so he just I could be working, and he just hear it in the distance. Hey, B man! He's like, oh my fucking god! <laughs> so eventually, he left Starbucks and went to UMB Bank and became a bank teller. Oh, wow, that bad, huh? Yeah, it was that bad. And he was working at a bank, helping people, helping people. And guess what? One day... No way. (laughs) Holy shit, is that B-Man? And he's like, you're fucking kidding me. His life in Los Angeles is Robert Patrick stalking him and jumping jumping and screaming, hey, B-Man at him. And then loudly announcing to everyone in whatever establishment, this guy's house had 40 million bees and 8,000 pounds of honey. And he's like, motherfucking Robert Patch. He's like, I can never watch T2 again. Uh, I can never see him because all I can hear is, I win, man! <laughs> and I was like, yeah, you win. You win the celebrity encounter. Yeah. That's fucking Fuck, amazing. I mean, the celebrity knew his name yeah. like, and away from the establishment that he first met him in. Exactly. So, so that, there's no reason to believe if he runs into him in Colorado. <laughs> oh my God, can you imagine like Robert Patrick's <laughs> filming a movie and he's like a ski lift instructor or some shit and all of a sudden he's, is that Birdman? <laughs> oh my God, no! <laughs> so that's the story of Bobby and Robert Patrick. So that's Jeez. I think it's funny because his name actually starts with a B and yeah. B-Man because it's fucking great. So there's the <laughs> B-Man story with Robert Patrick. Now back to Die Hard Two. Uh, the number beeping him is Holly, of course, and she's calling from the plane. And she's like, "It's the '90s now, John. We have, don't you love technology? Yeah, we have phones on planes, and and women can use vibrators or whatever she's talking about. I don't know." And uh, he's like, "Hey, uh, so I was thinking, hey, since your parents are watching the kids, uh, why don't they keep watching the kids and we get a little hotel? Get a hotel? He's he's trying to get some. He's shooting his shot. Oh, dude, he is looking to go to Pound Town, and she's down for it. She's like, "I think that sounds like a great idea." And he's like, "Oh, right." All you got to do is fucking get here, and then all I got to do is find a ride now because Uber hasn't been invented yet, and my car or your parents' car got towed. Hey, if sex was on the line, I'd find a fucking ride. Hop on, yeah. I'm piggybacking <laughs> your ass to the fucking Four Seasons. Oh whatever. yeah, for sure. Well, it's an airport. You know, there's a hotel just around the corner. Oh yeah, and it's probably got a shuttle. Right. Exactly. Oh yeah, things are looking up. God damn right. If that's the hardest part of getting laid, well then fuck. <laughs> I hope I don't have a heart attack mid-sex and actually die hard. Ooh, that would that'd be terrible. I mean, if Bruce Willis ever goes, you know that there're going to be those jokes. Oh, for Did sure. he die hard? hard? Uh, no, he died with a vengeance. <laughs> 
It seems that. But it, that's also what he calls his penis. It seems that it was a good day to die hard. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> he names his penis vengeance. All right. So now um, there's a church. And these guys wearing fake city uniforms come into the church, like, we need to check something else, blah, 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 kill the guy, the care, the, the keeper caretaker or whatever, caretaker or whatever, or whatever. Yeah. Um, Also, like, I know that airports will have chapels sometimes and things, but isn't that just, like, a room in the airport? That like, would be would, in the airport. You wouldn't have yeah. just a full-on church out there in the fucking airport property somewhere. No, I think because they, they kind of circle back around to it when they're showing, when they're trying to figure out where everything is coming from. They start looking at, you know, like these maps and what's kind of around them. And they're like, hey, there's this church and we know our lines run through there. So that would be the only place. Yeah, but where... isn't it still like because they just I think it's just outside of the property. Well, I mean, yeah, I guess it's right across the street from Olive Garden anyway. So the the, the, the airport is just on a street corner. That's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> OK, um, so, yeah, as, as we're going through all this everywhere, there's a TV and it's like this poor newscaster is listing off every crime that this general Esperanza has ever had. And it's like a fucking hour long report of everything this dude's done wrong. We get it. He's a bad guy. And, yeah. and oh, we've, yeah. we've we've arrested him via foreign nations. Chekhov's a bad guy. Chekhov's a bad guy. But not really. The butthole was Chekhov's a bad guy. This is oh, this yeah. is the uh the MacGuffin, as <laughs> as George Lucas calls it. Yeah. So now uh so now like they're talking, things are going great, but there's storms coming in. We ever hear about storms, of course, that's gonna play a part. It does, yeah. Um and the guys are sitting there talking and like, yeah, everything's in place. And they're like setting a package down on the ground. And McLean, of course, is like, well, this is shady. Well, they're yeah, he looks up. at it and just thinks that they look a little weird. And then I might be <clears throat> I might be skipping ahead to the next movie. But doesn't he notice their shoes again? Mm. And see. Oh, no, never mind. Because in the next one, it's the security guard that notices. The yeah, boots. yeah, yeah. But, this but just, yeah, he does just kind of look at it. They're kind of dressed like, similar and they're. Sort of scheme. They're not like normal convert as much as they try to be. Yeah. But also, one sets a box down and kind of scoots it to the other, and he grabs it. So it's like an obvious handoff of some kind going on. Yeah. Um. So not. But also, I mean, Sean McClain. Nothing gets by him. Every hunch he ever has is dead on. Mm-hmm. Uh. So he goes to tell the cops because they're up there ordering, uh, from B Man at the coffee counter, <laughs> and. Uh, he goes and up, what do you know? And what do you know? Hey, be a man. Sorry, I, I, sorry. We'll get back to filming in a minute. This is fucking be man. This guy had. <laughs> uh, so then, but the one cop, one of the cops, is the one that gave him the ticket and had the yep. car towed. And so he turns around. He's like, "Oh, I saw Elvis or something stupid." Yeah. Um. So he decides to follow him by himself because, of course, he's John McClane. It's, McClane. He, it's like Van Damme in fucking Death Warrant. I'm not waiting for no backup. <laughs> yep. Uh. So. He gets up to a guy, unlock the store. I got my badge. Police officer. Also, what does he say? Is there any? Are there any cops around? Oh, just airport. Well, you, you better go get, go get him. him. Yeah. So, baggage handler's freaked out and runs off. So, of course, as he goes in there, it immediately turns into a shootout. Like, yeah. was it? Hey, what are you guys doing in here? And then blah 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 blah. blah. It just, yeah, just escalates to. Well, guns no, he does. He's like, hey, blah blah blah. Let me or something. And they're like, we'll show you some ID. And you see. Both of them kind of look at each other like, "Watch, we're gonna we're gonna waste him." And you know they do the, "Oh yeah, let me get my ID." Bam, 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 and that's where the shootout. Yeah, like it begins. It, yeah, nobody nobody tries to really play anything off. They just yeah. it's straight to guns here, and so, uh, and it's it's fine. One guy like shoots 
a suitcase that falls and hits Bruce in the arm, so he drops his gun. Uh, fist fights, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. And I was talking. I do love McLean fist fights. Yeah, he's not he's not a trained fighter. These aren't beautiful choreographed things. It's just like they're street fights. I brawls. I'm just a drunk dude, like just scrapping. And he's always getting lucky. Like he's barely getting it out. You know, like a lot like Indiana Jones in that regard. Like he happens to see a can of hairspray or something that he sprays in the guy's eyes. Or yeah. there, there's always like something. He, it's never that he bests the guy. You know, he just gets lucky. Yeah, and I, I I dig that about about these Die Hard movies. It's more believable. Exactly. So now they're he got one guy down, and he's going after the second one. And they go the so there's some machine conveyor belt going up to some like heavy rod that's pressing down. It's like a luggage smasher. What even is yeah, this? Yeah, because here's the thing. Like I used to work in that area that has the conveyor belts with uh-huh. the baggage. Once you check it with the airline. It goes through a whole... I used to fucking work back there in those. I've never seen anything what that Why would you does. have that heavy bar? What if someone has a bigger suitcase than someone else? What's the point of this giant metal bar? I have no idea. I've never seen that it, before. And then the, somehow the fact that no it's curve. electrified. Yeah, Because right. he gets... Ele- I mean, by his shaking, he yeah. gets electrocuted. And again, being somebody who's worked in that environment, I have never seen makes- such a device... It makes so, no fucking sense what it, what its purpose even is, but, uh, other than being a prop for a, a fight scene. They were just like, hey, we need to have these fight scenes, and in one of these fight scenes, somebody needs to get electrocuted. Yeah. They're like, done. Put machine there. Yeah. Oh, okay, got it. Good. Um, but he ends up getting... Uh, the guy's running away, and he's trying to chase him, but the airport cops stop him. Yep. And so now we come back. Holly's plane. We find out that assbag reporter Thornburg from the first movie is also back, and he's on yeah. the same flight. He's trying to talk his way into first class. He's all pissed that he's put back in coach. <laughs> and uh, then he sees Holly. He's like, "Oh no, no! To see you have to move me up because I can't be near this woman." I'm like, why not? Well, I have a restraining order. She's like, "Yeah, that's right. You can't be within fifty yards or whatever." Mm-hmm. And they're like, "Dude, shut the fuck up!" But then the stewardess comes over to Holly. Like, What'd what? you do? I knocked out two of his teeth. Would you like some champagne? champagne? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So that's pretty funny. Yeah. Because everybody hates this fucking pile of shit. So now Bruce is taken to Captain Lorenzo. Captain Lorenzo was played by Dennis Franz. Franz? Franz? Whatever. Uh, He's from NYPD Blues, his big thing. He was like head of that show for a long fucking time. And... uh, he doesn't care. I don't give a fuck. I know who you are, McLean. I know all about Nakatomi Plaza. I don't give a fuck. You're not hot shit. Whatever. I got an airport, and it's Christmas time. I'm not closing down the entire baggage area to dust for fucking fingerprints because you had a hunch. It's not fucking happening. Yeah. Right. So, uh, now, note here, due to the success of Bruce Willis just ad-libbing and quipping it up in the first one, they were like, you know what? Let's give him some room. Let's let him take this for a walk. So there's oh, a, did they? There's a lot more John McClane, Ooh. gotcha guy kind of lines in this. And so one of these is right here. What's the soft metal detectors first? The lead in your ass or the shit in your brain? Yeah. You fat fuck. Well, I don't Which, think any of those would. Yeah, I mean, I guess the lead in your ass. This I don't lead think lead's like really metallic, though. Like, would it? Would We're... it set off a metal detector? I mean, lead is a metal, but not you know, I metals mean, so have different it... properties. So yeah, so is sodium. 
So I don't know about that, but shit in your brains definitely would not set no. off a metal detector. No. So really, John McClane, you're just showing that you have shit for brains is really what you're doing here. So that didn't make any sense. But that's what happens when you let Bruce Willis pull a Will Ferrell and just fucking ad-lib it up. So he does end up chasing the guy, the one goon he killed. He, like, chases the guys, the paramedics that are taking him out on the stretcher uh-huh. and, like, gets... Makeshift fingerprints off of it's like, them. Like, hey, guys, 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 wait up. Hey, some, you, you, the guy's you, fucked up. Yeah, they forgot to get his prints. Can you believe it? I was fucking crazy. Hey, oh, Merry Christmas, guys. All right, cool. <laughs> and uh, so it's stupid. But uh, so the, uh, the general's plane has mm-hmm. two escort planes, but they reach the line where they can't go anymore and they drop off and they're like, yeah, whatever. It's smooth sailing on in. It's fine. We have no escorts. Yeah. <clears throat> sure. So now. Chekhov's airplane. Chekhov's, Chekhov's escorts, <laughs> or lack of. Bruce faxes the prince. He gets to this counter and talks to this the girl. The car rental. Him. Oh, yeah, There's yeah, a car yeah. rental. Yeah, and so you have a fax machine, sure. And who does he fax? Al Powell is back, everybody. Yeah, also he is. from the first movie. Again, because they just wanted as much Die Hard as they could in yeah. Die Hard 2. Well, because he, he had called him first, right? Yeah. And, uh, like, as the camera cut, you know, to Al, he's, he's opening up some of course, Twinkies. Look, those Twinkies. And what does McLean say? He's like, all right, take that Twinkie out of your Fucking mouth. Fucking drop the Twinkie. He's like, oh, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> I have a show called Family Matters now. You can't talk to me. Yeah, you can't. <laughs> I have to deal with Urkel. I would much rather be here <laughs> doing fingerprints for you. So, and then, uh, here's another stupid fucking Bruce Willis ad lib. where he, You're not out there pissing in somebody's pool, are you? Yeah, and I'm all out of chlorine. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, so, as he's dealing with Al Powell and the facts and all this, this lady at the car rental counter wants She wants dick. it so bad. It's terrible like she wants him worse than sandy b wanted stallone and demolition man god damn sandy b this car rental girl is just she's drenching her seats she's just creaming it's like it's terrible and so uh they fax back they they ran the fingerprints found out hey this guy's been dead for two years according to the department of defense of all people like that's Okay, that's probably uh pretty... yeah, he told Al to, to run those prints on like Everything. every database yeah. he, he could get to. So uh I mean if the DOD says he's gone, that's a, you'd probably uh, okay, you'd probably I believe, believe that. Yeah. yeah. So how's this guy been dead for two years, but I just killed him. That's odd. Um his name was Sergeant Oswald Cochran. Hmm. So then the lady's like, I, you know, I get off in about an hour if you uh, wanna Wanna get a drink? And he shows his wedding ring and says, Just the facts, ma'am. Yeah. Just the facts. Was that a, a B. Willis? I had no idea if that was an A. It seems like it would because yeah. it's stupid enough. We get it because of the show Dragnet where they say just the facts. Yep. And he changed it to just Jesus Christ. I like audibly groaned. <laughs> I was like, oh I thought it was pretty funny. Dumb. And hey, I, she was she took her shot, man. Like hey, she was trying to get gotta, some of that John gotta, McClain D. Gotta take a shot. Hey, what the I'm fuck telling are you, doing John Bruce Willis with the widow's peak still awesome. Woo! Totally works. He's a badass. Jo- uh, Bruce Willis when he goes bald, full bald not get so the much. Fuck out yeah. of here. Doesn't, get the, doesn't work for me. He, he has he, bald. He kind of looks like that generic crash test dummy. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, crash test dummies. Okay. 
No? Not nope. into that? Nope. Don't, don't remember that band from the 90s? Nope. You're not missing nope. much. Okay. Um, so now we get to the control tower. Showing them the facts. This is the resume. He's a professional mercenary, and you've got the world's biggest drug dealer on the way here. Do you really need a fucking slide ruler to figure this out? Yeah. Like, whatever, McLean, because Dennis Franz is just, yeah, McLean, no, you're wrong at my airport, me. And so all of a sudden, everything shuts down. All the lights on the runway shut down, everything goes dead. And uh, I fucking told you, I'm John McLean. I like, this is just the fucking start. And uh, we cut back to the church where William Sadler has set up his uh, little control center. And, like, so he's cut, or tapped into the controls of the airport and control, you know, just fucking it all up, turning this off. Um, any airplanes are now have to kind of hover around, circle in their landing pattern, and what, uh, I don't remember what they call it, the outer outer circle, outer The rim, outer or, markers. Yeah, yes, yeah. Outer, so. middle, inner markers okay. on the, so, yeah. yeah, outer markers. Yeah, so any aviation, like, I'll be happy to, to explain this. Please do, as please go, do. As we go. Any others that are... So the ones that were already kind of in landing pattern here hover around and wait. Yeah. Any others get diverted before they... Yeah. Yeah, but, and this is where... I mean, we'll get to it when when we get to that point, but there's a lot of uh, no-nos that wouldn't happen in aviation oh, if, sure. this, if this were to transpire. Well, but yeah, if they were directly over, they might... They're not expecting all that... The outage to be very long. They'll put them in a holding pattern. Yeah, they don't know how long it's going to be or what's going on. I definitely want them to try to land in zero visibility because it's not only nighttime, but it's a storm, so can't see shit. So I get that. Um, then uh, Sadler calls them. Yep, I'm the one fucking your shit up. Oh, John was right. God damn it. Attention, Dulles Tower. Yeah. Uh, and so the general's plane is coming in. You know that it's coming in. I know that it's coming in. I w- I'm going to land over here. Mm-hmm. Not where you thought it was going to land. I need it here. I want it left the fuck alone. And then I want a 747 ready for us Holy to get field. out of here. Yep. So they still kick McLean out because even though this just happened, they don't believe that he knows what's going on. Um, but as they're walking by, there's one guy he's named Barnes talking to a couple of other dudes about how he still... He has a plan because he knows about some other transmitter... Uh, he thinks he can still find a way to communicate with the airplanes. Oh, the the technician yeah. guy. Yeah. So they're like, well, there's a, I mean, good luck. You got a transmitter in your pocket. And he's like, well, no, but the, we're, we're in the process of building like a new terminal, and they've already got those there. So if we can like get to it and find a way to make that work, yeah. we can still talk to these airplanes and save people. So as he's on his way out, the this reporter, uh, Samantha Coleman, something Coleman, like, starts to break in as they're trying to ask questions, so they kick yep. both of them. Uh, yeah, Samantha Coleman. They kick both of them out, throw them in an elevator, right? And, of course, Bruce stops it mm-hmm. and climbs out on the top and is like, no, don't worry, I've done this before. <laughs> the fuck are you doing, and he, John? And he looks straight at the camera and goes, hey, hey guys, remember Die Hard? Do you remember it? Just want Okay, just making sure. Just making sure. Just make sure you remembered when I did this in the first one. Remember? Okay, all right, got it. Yeah, that was the trial run. This is for real. <laughs> so uh, now the Barnes and and he gets some guys. They they are going to these this other transmitter, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, it's like they're the planes won't know that it's coming from the tower or not coming from the tower. Whoever this person is won't know. Yep. Whatever, nobody will know. We can still talk to him. We can save everybody. And so 
they're heading that way. Bruce, after getting on top of an elevator, somehow ends up down in the belly, like the underground of the airport, and meets yeah. the janitor. This fucking crazy janitor. This, this guy, like, he he's the airport troll. Absolutely. He, what, is, he lives there. He's Tom Hanks from the terminal. Oh, I never saw you know, that Well, you, you know the premise is he's yeah. stuck living in an airport. That This this guy. Because he has, like, yeah, he has a whole fucking apartment He's got all up. the maps. Yeah, you get down. It he's got, shows. What's great is he has a pipe rack. Like, we, the, the big, like, four-tiered pipe rack we use at work. But he has it full of all the blueprints. All the plans. From the entire history. Like, anytime they make changes, he's got those plans, too. He's got all <laughs> the plans from the entire history of this airport. And he's got an elaborate sorting system on him. Of course with he it. does. Of course so, he now, does. Now, would that be with... With renovation or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And uh, only I know my system and only... Just, we, we get it. You're a... Yeah, Organized you're, chaos. You're, you're a fucking troll that lives in the airport. So now he's like, well, the best way to get to where they're building this new thing is the Annex Skywalk. That's what it was, yeah. The Annex Skywalk. Annexation of Puerto Rico. <laughs> uh, so he's looking at that and he's like, well, that looks... That looks like a nice place for an ambush. Uh, which, yeah, sure. That's how 300 worked out, right? Yeah, Funnel them exactly. all into this little channel, yeah. Yep. So he goes, what's the fastest way there? Guess how? Somehow, the fastest way from the underground of the airport that you got to from the top of an elevator, <laughs> the fastest way to the annex is what? Air vents. Because why? Remember the first Die Hard, everybody? We gotta crawl through air vents again. So now we're crawling through fucking air vents. The cleanest air vents I've ever seen. Well, because, well, the part the part in the belly of the airport would be nasty as fuck. But as he gets to the annex, that's all brand new. Yeah, but it don't take long. No, it doesn't. I let's see. The, well, they're gonna be nasty from sitting at the job site before you fucking hang them up. Yeah, exactly. This that that's my life now. I I know about that shit. Probably full of piss bottles and who knows what else. Oh God. Um, I've come across a few of those on, on site. Like, that ain't lemonade. Nope. And they always set it, like, in between the studs. Yep. Like, so it'll get walled in. Yep. I guarantee, listeners, maybe There's not, a bottle of piss in between the walls at your house. Maybe your house, definitely your place of work. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, for sure. Um, so now, as Barnes and the security guys... Are well, not security. Even they're the the airport has its own SWAT team. Dennis Franz was saying he has like SWAT guys on staff at the airport, and they're escorting Barnes. And so as they're getting to the Skywalk, of course the ambush happens. Yep. Uh, here comes, hey, be man himself, Robert Patrick. <laughs> uh, they're all dressed as like painters and workers. It's a good, uh, good guys. Yeah, for sure. And so, um. Here comes shootout number two. And and, and the thing about this, is, it's weird because these are SWAT guys. This is a SWAT team, and there are a handful of goons. And I, I'm sure the goons are trained mercenaries or, or whatever, but it it is five-nothing mercenaries. They straight up kill every SWAT member, and not a single one of them gets even grazed. Yeah, I think it's, in that... Uh... And something like if that were to actually happen, SWAT would have taken at least a few more. Well, sure, because they would be like, "Oh, ambush!" and like break into a pattern or some yeah. kind of training. Yeah, do something. I just like, oh, oh, fuck, like, guys, we, we've only got thirty rounds to cover for this scene. All right, so yeah. that's it. 
So they all get taken out. Um, Robert Patrick is standing there and he has a gun pointed at Barnes. And just as he's about to shoot, Bruce comes dropping out of an air vent on top of him. And then McLean does what the entire SWAT team could not do. And that's kill every single mercenary. Yeah, somehow. With with just a handgun, right? Just a grizzled fucking cop with a handgun does what a trained SWAT team with fully automatic weapons could not do. They couldn't even graze one. Mm -mm. And he kills them all. Yeah. Because he's John McLean. The fuck are you doing, John? Come out to the other coast. Have a few more laughs. Um, So... I do like, there's one point, uh, he's like laying there and he's got some some framework or something laying over his back, mm-hmm. you know, and he's stuck there and his gun's kind of out of reach, but it's on one of those moving sidewalks. Yeah. And oh, so yeah, that's he right. grabs a pipe and hits the button to turn the sidewalk on Bring so that it, it brings the gun to him as the guy's like charging him. So he gets his gun just in time to blow the guy away. Uh, I will say this is not, this not being the same director and this director making cheese dick fucking movies still does have a good sense of timing and tension. So like, obviously you know that the moving sidewalk is going to get the gun to him in time. You know this, you know shit's going to work out for John McClane, but it still, still manages somehow to be tense and works, you know? So I'll give you that fucking two bit director. I don't I don't remember his name and I'm passing it in the notes now, but he does do a good job of recreating the same kind of like intensity in, in certain scenes as they did in the first one. So now uh, he's talking with Barnes. We need to get this antenna so we can transmit. And of course, then they all explode. And so McLean's like, oh, this was, this was bait. This was a ploy to get, well, not Barnes, but at least the SWAT team and the trained guys away. Yeah. Take them out. Uh, waste a bunch of time mm-hmm. when everything's on a deadline. Like, this all has to be done by the time the general's plane lands, you know. So, we're intentionally fucking with you so we can get our goal a- achieved, right? Which, you know, which what you would do if you were the guy taking over, obviously. Yeah. So, but McLean's on to it now. So, now... He takes the radio off of one of the guys, but it's scrambled, so he can't he can't work it yet, or he can't figure out what what the code is what the code is to yeah. to make it legible, right? So now Sadler calls the tower again, and of course McLean lips off to him, some smart ass fucking thing pisses him off, and he's like, okay, well, you know, you went behind my back, thought you were fucking cool, check this shit out, bitches, and he. Talks to one of the the planes, and of course they can hear all this yep. going on. Uh, plane flown by Star Trek Deep Space Nine's Colm Meany. Star Trek actor Colm Meany is a pilot here. All right. Gives them the wrong coordinates, and they're like, oh, our instruments are all fucked up. Oh, don't worry. You know, we got you. We're guiding you in. But he tells them, like, they're... Was this the one where they changed the, uh, they the changed altitude, the altitude of the, so the they airfield? Thought, they yeah. thought they were higher than they, they were, were so they're dropping in too fast and just slam. which uh, which is is funny because they they um, essentially for the instrument the ILS the instrument landing system they they raise the altitude of the airfield on that system for two hundred feet, 
which I thought was just really interesting because with most airports, most aircraft or whatever, the when you're coming in on an ILS approach, like you're usually pretty blind, like you're not seeing shit. Uh-huh. Um, you uh, said ILS, ILS, and yeah, the instrument landing system. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, when you're bringing that in, um, you'll set what's called a uh, 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 a decision height, which is if you know by the time you hit that height. You have to decide, you know, if you're going to commit to the landing or if you're going to go around. And usually that height is 200 feet. If you don't, if you get down to 200 feet above the runway and you don't see it, you go around. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And I thought it was just funny. They brought it up by just 200 feet, you know, not because if you bring it up too much, it had been, it would have thrown everything way up. But just that little bit amount, which is what the the normal decision height is, is about 200 feet above the deck. Interesting. Yeah. So a little, little, Little truth there, uh, yeah. Amid something. a whole bunch of other just absurdities when it comes to the the aviation. Yeah, sure. But I thought that was pretty interesting. It's like only two hundred feet. I was like, that's all you would need. Yeah. So all right. Well, so they got they got kind of right there. Yeah, a little bit. Um, but as Bruce is hearing them give the bag corn and he knows what they're doing, he uh, does like a makeshift torch, makes his own like kind of torches. And gets out to the runway and starts trying and to starts like waving them, flag them off. Line. Yeah, uh, they don't see him in time because again, storm clouds everything. Yeah, uh, so they crash and he's all butt hurt because, as you would be, like I just I couldn't save. Yeah, oh, three, I mean, hundreds uh, of people. Yeah, hundreds. You know, uh, so now Trudeau Trudeau is the guy running the control tower. He's the dude in charge here, and I didn't bring his name earlier, but whatever, it's diehard too. So. <laughs> he's like, hey, hey, Bruce Willis, uh, government decided they're sending people in because we got a real situation here. And it turns out you were right, and I should have listened to you forever ago. because, I, But I did I did not see the first movie, so I had no idea. I'm sorry. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, and uh, also your, wi- your wife's plane is still okay. Con- confirmation, your wife is alive. Her plane's still circling, but it only has like 90 minutes of fuel left. Yeah. So that's when, like, as viewers, that's when we start getting the beep. Beep, little timer up in the corner. Okay, we got 90 minutes before the wife dies, and that's obviously what he's going for here. <laughs> yeah. So now we get Blue Team. The Blue Team shows up. Blue Team is led by Major Grant, who's played by the great actor John Amos. Uh, he's most known for Coming to America. I would think was what most people would know him for. He plays here. He runs the 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 McDonald's not it's, although it's not McDonald's come to America it's like whack Donald's or fucking whatever fake fake McDonald's but uh, so he takes over and runs things like the military does just like the FBI did and Die Hard one again because yep. we're doing the same thing mm-hmm. right and so he Barn Barnes the, this guy this guy's thinking yep everything he's gonna he's use like, that outer marker I, I'm thinking of a way to, I just gotta talk to these plans I gotta let them know what's going on and that's all he's thinking about and he's and way to go! But yeah, he wants to use the outer marker beacon because mm-hmm. all it is is just transmitting a uh, a signal, and if you like just a cancel ping, the, pretty oh, much. Okay, yeah. So Something you just override that ping with voice. It's it's transmitting. You can yeah. change what it transmits. Basically, yeah, and right? uh, yeah. I mean, and you use radios so much for not only communication and aviation, but navigation. I mean, all of your, uh, you know, aside from 
GPS, which I mean, you could still argue is still technically using radio technology, but if we're talking like radio frequency, like you tuning shit mm-hmm. and everything, like a lot of navigation is done just oh, that, I'm sure. that way. In and then, yeah. And then if it's just, all it's doing is emitting a radio signal, you can change what that signal is or like whether it's a ping or a voice or a, voice. Or a whatever, yeah. you know, it has the frequency reserved and the planes have that locked in. So, so you can send whatever you want over that frequency. Yeah, except honestly, the I do find a lot of inconsistencies. Continuity error. There it is with this movie, especially when it comes to aviation, because I'm an aviation buff. Um, using the aviation expert, eh, Brandon. Yeah, eh, I wouldn't say. I, I would as far as the show's concerned, you are the expert. I would have personally used the VOR system. But, yeah. See, but not Barnes. Yeah. Get your shit together. Yeah, get your shit together. Okay. So the VOR system is... Well, and they're... I mean, we don't have to get so much into it, but the outer, middle, and inner... The outer, middle, inner markers, they're... Yeah, they're just a ping. They're just very specific points, but they're usually, like... I think you would have been more effective at using the VOR system. The VOR frequencies to... And was that something that Sadler might have, like, heard and know what they were doing? Like, he's trying to find ways that William Sadler won't catch on to. I, I don't think so. If he just took over, because you don't typically communicate over a VOR frequency, so he wouldn't. That's probably, just a navigation. Same, same logic as using the outer. Yeah, same thing. I just a, a VOR system would have been a little more broader for the aircraft you would have. Oh, uh, okay. I, I think. In, All right. In my the way I see it. Well, Stephen D'Souza, figure it out. Figure it out. Quit fucking uh, goyering your goddamn <laughs> screenplay. <laughs> fucking goyer. All right. So now. They they do end up getting a story or a, a broadcast out. Yeah. And he tells the planes everything mm-hmm. or the pilots, you know. And uh, of course, who some, happens to overhear? Or somehow Thornburg has a fucking radio. To well, his his proper, buddy had a radio. His or some his shit, his right? cameraman tech yeah. guy, whatever. But they had a radio. It's which, like, can you tune that to the the cockpit would you frequency? Have, that wouldn't that be checked? What. A radio? Like his big case of all the fucking equipment? I mean, I wouldn't check that. As long as it fits within the size requirements. Yeah. I didn't see that. I don't recall the size of the case, but I was like, I don't know. I don't think it was that big, though. But, of course, he happens... Either way. Whatever. He happens to have a radio, and, of course, they happen to get the frequency that he's uh, broadcasting on from the outer marker. Yep. Somehow, Thornburg just knows to turn his radio to that. Whatever, but he hears the whole story mm-hmm. and decides he's going to win himself a Pulitzer. Well, and then he records it, too. Yeah. Which, I mean, as much as we talk shit about him, he does ha- kind of have a vital role in this movie as far as getting the, the message out to the the public. You know, so yeah, he's a fucking shit asshole, whatever, but kind of does a little but it's all like, it's all for his selfish fucking... Right, it's not... Desires, hey, there's, not a, for the there's something good. going on, and there's people need to know. It's I can win an award. I can win a poll. Yeah, I mean, he says I can, this. This is my poll. She's like, you won your old fucking Emmy, or you won your something. He's like, I was thinking Pulitzer. Yeah, like he even says, yeah. So he's a piece of shit. So now, general, talked a guy into lighting a cigarette for him, and somehow got out of like his can- handcuffs and his restraints. And went up and killed his pilots, and he's taken over his own plane. And Sadler is like instructing 
them in, right? Like yeah. talking talking to man as he kills and so uh he calls an emergency, right? The general after killing his pilots is like, Oh no, we our instruments are out and something something I think and so, yeah. Hey William Sadler, you just put, to cover it. Put your put your fucking pants on, and you're gonna have to guide me in here, you know. Uh, and of course, John McClane overhears that, and so now he heads down the. He's going through these tunnels to get out to the runways because the the fucking creepy janitor told him that's the best way to get to L twenty six or whatever to the runway. Yeah, yeah. twenty six so, left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's 26 left and 26 right. And yeah. he goes, whatever. But then we get, we're up to our asses again in Terrace John. Talking to himself <laughs> again about Terrace John. What the fuck are you doing, John? Yeah. What the fucking Terrace shithead. Um, so then he climbs up this ladder. So these tunnels are also that he's running through also the same tunnels they use in Die Hard with a Vengeance. Oh, are they? Like they reuse <laughs> a lot of that. Um, but he pops up mid-runway, which also is that... Like the manhole and the grate covering wouldn't like maybe next to the runway. Yeah. Like if you needed to get to it for something, but there's no fucking way you would ever risk the chance of this happening. Even though it's Having it highly, highly unlikely, but someone trying to come out of that when a plane's landing. Yeah, I mean, I, you would I'd, move it it'd ten be on feet the side. to the left. Out, off you the would you runway. would make the the runway slightly crowned so mm. drainage would go to the side and then you'd put the drainage. Yeah, I I had a big problem with that too. But hey, they needed a way to create some drama. Exactly, like that he was about to get run over. There's by a plane. no way that you'd be coming out of a manhole cover in the middle of right a runway. in the middle of the runway. But again, this airport is on a city block, so this is probably might just be. Second might. Street or whatever. <laughs> Who fucking Former knows? Second Street. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so he, of course, like, he's like having a hard time getting up out because the manhole cover's like kind of on his leg and he's struggling as the plane's landing. And it, at the very last minute, he gets free and rolls out of the way, of course, because he's John McClane and that's how diehard movies work yeah. out. Uh, this was the scene I was talking about that was in eight different locations. This scene? That. The tunnels he was running in uh-huh. were, were like somewhere in LA. The, the ladder he climbed up to the, the manhole cover was, Somewhere else completely. The front-facing airplane shot was in, like, a San Diego airport. The rear, when we see it from behind, as it's starting to land, was in, like, fucking Washington. The The other part was filmed, like, Maine. One what? part was filmed in Michigan. All the, like... Yeah, they went from fucking, like, San Diego to Maine and Michigan to film all these different parts of, like, a two-minute scene of him coming out of a manhole cover and rolling to the side that as seems a plane like, lands. That scene seems like it would be the easiest to shoot all in Fucking one place. Fucking make a set! Yeah. When he's rolling out of the way, all you see is a tire coming down. You can make props. Yeah. Fucking whatever. But, no, they filmed it at eight different locations. Well, that's to... probably a third of the $70 million budget. No shit, right? <laughs> All the travel expenses. To edit together this one really fast, like, throwaway scene. Jeez. It's insane. But bigger, better. It's the late 80s, early 90s mantra. Yeah. So, the general lands, the plane that almost hit uh, McLean. That's the one that's yeah. that's landing as he's getting out there. Of course, they land safely because Sadler actually wants them to land. So he gives them the right uh, altitude and, yeah. and everything and guides them in. And so I love that the plane stops and the general opens the door and says something and goes, freedom, and then blam, immediately gets punched in the face yeah. by McClane. It's pretty, it's 
it was a legit laugh. Like, I actually laughed at yeah. that. Not yet, I think he even says. Uh, so now, of course, uh, Sadler's men show up because they're there to pick up the general that just landed, right? So we get another shootout because I don't know where McLean's getting all this ammo. So many shootouts, and he's always got his trusty. He's only just got a handgun. Always got, I think, two extra magazines. But he just—I mean, this is his third shootout with that handgun. I mean, and he's not—he's not being conservative with those bullets. He's going fucking. He's going fucking stormtrooper with it. No shit, dude. He's a cobra. That's not the movie we're talking about. That had no concept of bullet counting. Yeah, he's going all over the place. So. He ends up in the plane with the general. Yep. And then, like, ends up... They letting, end up just letting go blast. of the... So, anyway, I started so blasting. So, anyway, so they start doing new DeVitoing, which yeah. which uh, uh, loyal listener Jeff did share that gif of of Danny DeVito oh, did on, he? on our rewatch party Twitter. So anyways, that starts blasting. Yeah, he, he shared that, uh, I think, on the Desperado. Well, it makes sense. It was Desperado, the Desperado yeah. episode. But oh, that's a good one. Man, I need to I need to monitor our, our Twitter Yeah, from time to time. That, you know, we got we got good listeners. You got there, some good stuff out there? there are people are people listening. And right. so Jeff heard me talk about that. But he threw that he threw that out there as a response to that episode. Um also, Jeff, former winner of a movie, he picked, oh. he picked Cobra. That was when we signed Cobra. Oh, that one. I forgot what the message was I put on that. Uh, fuck, I know I either. Think I but, uh, yeah, former uh, former winner of... That's right, listeners. We're not bullshitting. You yeah. get signed copies of these movies. Absolutely, and hang on to them. There'd be collector's things maybe someday, probably maybe. not. Maybe. <laughs> well, they might actually go down in value because of our defacing of the movie. Uh, but, but, listener, that's on you. But we're so famous that they might go up in value. Are we there yet? Well, not yet. Oh, not yet. Okay. Yeah, but, uh, future planning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, gotta, you know, when you bought your Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle action figure in the 80s, you didn't think it was going to be a $300 toy. God. It's got to future, future. Future. You got to think about the future. So where so, do those uh, the the Ty Beanie Babies come into play? Oh, Are that those ne- worth that, money that yet? never worked out. Fuck, because no. I got a whole box of those waiting. Well, Just waiting. No, kindling. Right. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, so anyway, he ends up inside this plane with the general, and then. Uh, yeah, they're they're they just blasting into the plane, and and he like. Does he duck for cover and just let go? Because the, the general stays out in the main area of the plane, and he ends up locked in the cockpit. Like, McLean gets himself into the cockpit yeah. and shuts himself off. Um, and so they get the general, and uh like, well, we don't need this plane anymore. Let's just, let's just fucking blow it up, right? Why not? And, I mean, they're still firing. William Sadler's like, hey, how many grenades we got? And they say, I don't know. Fucking however many they say. He goes, use them. So they just start raining grenades. Like Bruce Willis is laying on the floor. Oh, yeah, that's cockpit. right. They shot like four or five into oh, the cockpit just, or through. All, all of these grenades are just falling and falling and falling. I, and I have the note here. There are more fucking grenades than snowflakes coming down in here. It was insane. <laughs> Every time it rains, it rains. You know what, if, it I'm, rains. if I'm not mistaken, I'm trying to look grenades it up right from now. Grenades from terrorists. 
But if I'm not mistaken, that is... Oh, wait, maybe it's not. Okay, yeah. I was going to say, I thought it it may have been a C-130, but it is not. It's a C-123. I'm talking about the plane? Yeah, the plane that the general lands on, because... I uh, I used to work on C-130s. Okay. And, I mean, it's very similar. It's it's practically the same plane. The engines are a little different. I think this one has... Ejector uh, seat? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, a- any plane I've ever seen, the cockpit has a hard ceiling. If you pull an ejector seat, how, do you, how does that... It's wired for a slight delay for the... Because the seat, the ejector seat, if you're talking like on a fighter jet, we'll just keep it simple. Well, no, fighter jets are different. I'm talking about, no, like this this scene where all the grenades are coming in, your your introduction about the ejector seat, Yeah, uh, I'm assuming all listeners have seen this, so they know he straps himself in, mm-hmm. ejects the seat, and flies out as it explodes, and we get what has to have been the end of the trailer. Yes, obviously. You know, him flying up to the screen. Yeah, yeah Explosions, explosions, freeze frame. Die hard too this summer. Go fuck yourself or whatever they said. <laughs> but so in a, in a commercial airplane, not a fighter jet, how do you eject your seat when you have a hard, you have a, a hard ceiling? You don't have... You, uh, either, you don't have a breakaway glass canopy. Yeah, you, you either have... wouldn't, or there would be a section in the roof that would blow apart. You know, a, when a you pull that before. lever, it kind of like yeah, it would it blow like that first three second delay, rockets. and then that like I mean, something... it'd be something like like a, a, a half second or something, but it would be enough for that to blow that away. Would... And then you, to my then... knowledge, and again, I don't know everything about it, but to my knowledge, there's no aircraft of that style that has ejector seats. Like, the way that they would bail out is that they would be strapped to a parachute and they would jump out the side of it. Yeah. So you're saying... Now, that's just to my knowledge. Saying there are uh, some inconsistencies in a Die Hard movie. Possibly. But then again, I'm not that familiar with a C-123. You knew what type of aircraft it was, so you're already way more familiar than I was. I thought it was a C-130. Or at least some sort of modification, but no, because the C one thirty has turbo props. This one has jets. Yeah. Okay. See. Either way, he ejector seats himself. He ejector up. seats out of it, and it's a cool fucking scene. Fuck yeah, it is. Like the, the it's s- the trailer. Of course, it's yeah, gonna be a cool seat, scene. The seat coming up, but then the explosion, like throwing him even up higher. And his face. And, yeah, it screen. reminded me because. Just like Sandy B, I'm not near as much, but I love me some Bruce Willis. I love Armageddon. Yeah. Armageddon's one of my favorite movies. Up until he started shaving the head. Once he started shaving the head, everything went to shit. He's got like 10 movies a year coming out now, and fucking nine to 10 of them go straight to fucking Redbox. And nobody (laughs) gives a shit. Like, it doesn't even matter. He just shows up like, I do what now? Is he taking the the Nicolas Cage approach to to movie He must be. Like... Because Nicholas Cage owes a lot of people a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> Nicholas Cage, I don't god damn, that's a that that's a whole episode topic. <laughs> but it just seems like anytime you get onto any streaming service, or you go to a red box, or you go anywhere, no matter what you're doing, there are at least three Bruce Willis movies you've never heard of. And you don't know any of the random people that they grabbed off the street to fucking co-support act with him. And he's always holding a gun or whatever. Like, 
It, it's it's fucking stupid. What are you doing, Bruce Willis? What the fuck are you doing with your career? Get like god damn it, do something. You're not a bad actor. Like I know you you always tend to be the tough guy and now you're old and you can't be the young tough guy, but like it is possible for him to act. He can do it. Yeah. We, he can we, sing too. The we, man can sing and play damn, a mean play, harmonica. Oh, he can play that harp. You know what that tongue can do? Demi Moore knows what that tongue Woo! can do. But uh he's currently filming three movies. Exactly. He's worse than Danny Trejo with this <laughs> shit. It's terrible. But like we've seen Unbreakable, we've seen The Sixth Sense. We know you can do non-action, legit suspense, mm-hmm. drama, fucking acting. Like stop. Stop. With the surrogates and the fucking whatever. Like, read out a few of these these titles. I see you're scrolling down. Read, read out some mod- some current Bruce Willis movie titles. All right, so currently filming, the three he's filming right now, Paradise City, White Elephant, Killing Field. Okay, what's come out? Uh, stuff that has come out. Well, okay, because stuff he's already got, come I, out. I see like 20 that are like, what, post-production? Uh, yeah, well, those are filming, and then filming. we got some post-production, but here's completed... Um, Bandits. He already did Bandits with Billy Bob Thornton in okay, the 90s. Okay, there you go. Okay, how about Reactor? See? All right, keep going. Out of Death. Yep, who cares? What's that? Cosmic Sin. Okay. Breach. What the fuck? Die Hard is back! Die Hard is back? It's a short film. Oh, okay. Probably a YouTube special <laughs> yeah. or some shit. Uh, I mean, 2020, Hard Kill. 2020, <laughs> Survive the Night. 2019, Trauma Center. 2019, 10 minutes gone. The man's working, goddammit. I know. The man is working. Just once he started shaving his head, and that's the fucking delineating. That, God, fucking Bruce Willis, just, you can do shit. You can do it. Just do it. Stop with this breach fucking space sin or whatever fucking movies you read about. It's stupid. Anyway, back to Die Hard 2. Well, hang on. I'm, uh, I'm oh, looking up oh, his oh. net worth real quick. The, oh. man, the man's worth a quarter of a billion dollars. 250 mil. Jesus. And that's after divorcing Demi. You know Demi, didn't, you know Demi didn't get out of that for free. So he'd be like close to a bill then. Yeah. Damn. He might be going to space soon. Jesus. <laughs> right? <laughs> so now uh, <laughs> William Sadler runs back to the church. Right, got to get back to base. He's got the same amount of money as Morgan Freeman. Who also tends to do the same (laughs) two to three movies a year. Like, I I don't care. I could write a script and mail it to Morgan Freeman and he'd agree to be in that movie. (laughs) He'll be in fucking anything. The difference is one out of the three movies Morgan Freeman makes a year, he does legitimate acting. Amazing. Yeah. So, fluff, fluff, awesome. You so know. what were the other two movies that he, he did plays like during Doug- Shawshank Redemption? Oh no, that was that was early. We're talking about current oh, Morgan current. Freeman. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was more picky back then. Now he's just like, I can't believe that I'm still alive. I better make three movies I'm today. I'm gonna do anything. I that's right. Uh, they want me to do a remake of Two Girls One Cup. Oh God. I. Uh, <laughs> I play the cup. <laughs> Wait, I feel like that's that's Stallone territory. <laughs> oh, don't worry, Stallone's producing it. <laughs> so, oh, okay, Sadler goes back to the church. Uh, 
we're back on Holly's plane, right? They're 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 getting ready to land because uh, they're running out of fuel. Like, sorry, we have to we have to do this. We yeah, have to try and this to do is this. another big thing. Like, once they get down to that critical level of fuel, like they would have diverted, they would have went somewhere else. Yeah, you would put a, pulled a Sully. You're not gonna. Yeah, we're gonna well, go land in a no, river. No, not or even that. Like they ran into fucking birds. They had a full tank of fuel. Um, right, right, but you would have found some way. Like, we got to do something. Well, we got to. Well, no, like when when it first came up, like, hey, we're having some issues. We're gonna have you hold. Okay, they're one of their first things would have been like, okay, how much fuel do we have, and then what are the what closest two closing? or three airports we can make? Now there was that storm. Well, so apparently they there are eight that. of them around because well, they needed eight airports well, to because film that one the, scene. The big storm. <laughs> Yeah. came in, so it, it knocked out a lot of possibilities, but they would have taken that in, into consideration sure, sure. and be like, okay, so... part of your fucking in, job. Exactly, and like they would have never been like, oh, and then we're just going to fall out of the sky. No, like you're going to fucking make plans, even if you've got to fly another two hours, you're going to make those plans to get to another airfield. You're not just yeah. going to fly around circle and circle until you fucking fall out just of the like, sky. Well, we have to fucking land. We either land or... We land, you know. <laughs> I mean, any landing you walk away from is a good one. Yeah, but if they but don't, that wouldn't have been a good no. one. Well, I mean, you. Could... They even say that, don't they? Yeah. Spoiler it for a few minutes. Yeah, but that's that's a. I, I really appreciated that one because that's a that's a that's a common aviation term. Like if you saying, bump, bump a bit as you're. Well, no, like and... any landing you walk away from is a good one. Yeah, because you you did it. You made it. Yeah. And then when you get back, you can take your shoes off and curl, make and a fist with your toes. Just be careful that it's not Nakatomi. <laughs> right. Um, all right. So, a dick bag reporter rushes into the bathroom, and and the stewards even say, "Hey, you human shaped pile of shit. Yes. We are landing. Sit the fuck down. Put on your." fucking belt and lean forward like you're a child in a fucking bomb drill in high school in the 50s you fucking garbage i'm gonna be sick and they're like oh and he runs into the bathroom and makes a call which somehow gets put on the air on the news and he yeah. starts to do well he calls into the station thing. live right before they're gonna go yeah. on air and he's like hey i got i got a breaking story for you and yeah yeah what's funny though is the tv on the seat in front of him as, mm-hmm. as he's as he's doing this bullshit, is an old clip from The Simpsons, and it's the episode of The Simpsons where the family gets set in these shock chairs. Mm-hmm. It's like a a shock therapy, like family therapy, and so the guy will like ask him questions, and if you're mad at someone, you push a button and it shocks him. So you have like all the buttons on your little like high chair desktop yeah. thing. And so I can push this one and shock you. I push this one and shock Homer. I push this one, whatever. And so, of course, they're the Simpsons and they're fucking deranged. So they end up just shocking the shit out of and everybody. Like, Fuck you, boy. Hey, wait, we don't have a cow, man. And they just end up shocking each other until the point where the therapist, like, loses his fucking mind and snaps even. But it's a fucking classic episode and it's great. And I just, like, I happened to see that as he was like, oh, I'm going to be sick. And acting. I was like, I must have oh. missed that like, one. Oh, yeah. the Simpsons. Oh, look, the shock chairs. So that's great. Um, so now, Barnes, as we talked about earlier, figures out due to the lines and the whatever they're 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 in this old random church. Mm-hmm. Got to be in this old random church. Yep. And uh, so they get there and they're like looking over this hill. Well, that's a sentry. Well, you don't know. Could just be a guy out for a walk. Yeah. Uh, come on. Yeah. Come on. Did you not see Die Hard? I know how to spot this. Yeah. Obviously, Barnes. 
You did I not mean, see Die Hard. If you were Stallone, you'd have been able to smell him. I would have. <laughs> that's maybe for, that's what he. Maybe that's for that's, you, Lowe's. Yeah, maybe that's why he does that. He just he wants to get a whiff of the air around him yeah. to see if there's any bad bad guys around. What? No, Stallone's sniff is probably like. Is that fecal matter? <laughs> no. Do I? Do I smell glass table? Yeah. So, uh, so he's trying to sneak up. He's like trying to sneak up, take out the sentry. Of course, Holly calls him. His beeper. And it and starts it go, it going gives off. Them away. And they so, ain't no silent mode on those. Uh, there might have been. I thought they just buzzed. No, they. Some of them beeped. I mean, beeper. beeper. Right, but I every time you see them, and again, I never owned one. I just always saw them on the TV. There might have been. But a there's just always like to, people be like talking all of a sudden, like man, I'm like oh shit, beeper. The the buzz was loud enough. Yeah, 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 yeah. Also, that's a community gag. There's one time he's in class and his phone rings and the teacher's like staring him down. He's like. Oh, Sorry, I'll put it on silent. And so the teacher keeps trying to give his like introduction to the class, and then yeah. it's like, Jesus, the buzz is the, louder than the, the ring. I'm turning it off. I'm turning it off. And then he starts talking again, and then the phone makes this little power down noise. Yeah, <laughs> get out, get out of my class. Just a nice little running bit. But yeah, I, I no, I thought it was a phone. Like he, but he wouldn't have a cell phone. He's John no, McClane in nineteen ninety. But it's, yeah, something rings and the sentry gets himself. Of course, now fist fight, big old fist fight, and uh, this fist fight ends in. Uh, well, the guy, the the army guys, the blue team or whatever, coming in in snow camo. Yeah, well, just white. It's suits. a Christmas movie, right? Because it's a Christmas movie, and that's why the, the the suits are all white, but the shoes are red and green, because Christmas, and then. Uh, the, the snowmobiles also have jingle bells hanging over the handlebars. Oh, but do they? I missed no, that. No, no they oh, didn't. I was just God joking. Damn it. Was God joking. damn it. But as they're riding in, Bruce Willis fist fighting this guy and again doing another great John McClane, I have no idea what I'm doing type of fist fight, grabs an icicle. And when this scene was going on and they were fighting, uh, Homeboy was pinned to the ground. I, I told Kara, I was like, somebody's getting killed by an icicle. Because yep. you, you saw him in the shot. Check off's yep. icicle. Check off's icicle. Stabbed right now, and that's icicle's a perfect murder weapon because it's yeah. gonna melt away. And then by the time cops get through, well, no prints, no, 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 print, no nothing. nothing, yeah, it's all gone. But icicle through the fucking eye. That's oh. cold. That's cold, McLean. That's cold. That's cold. <laughs> well done, well done, sir. So, uh, now. The the guy the saddler saddler's crew inside the church like they're getting ready they know shit's going up, um, and the army guys know. But you, do you notice that they flip their clips around? I the did. Red tape, and even there's a couple red tape scenes, and blue tape. Yeah, a couple scenes even earlier in the movie, you see different clips, and I was just nah. like, I didn't think a whole lot about it because I know what they did. They clipped you know one one magazine this yeah, way yeah, so yeah. they could you know unload, flip it over, flip it over, and, but and that's, you, that's common enough. You but do why? notice one of those scenes are like you know what to do, and they they unload the ones they have, which I think had the blue, and then they load the the red ones, and it's like, hang on, there's something, there's a difference yeah, yeah, yeah. between those two. Chekhov's clip tape. <laughs> <laughs> so they're yeah they're doing that and um, so now we get a snowmobile chase scene high amazing speed snowmobile chase which I would think just saying that snowmobile chase sounds like the dumbest thing ever but no. man it's awesome it is fucking cool 
Uh, and I feel at this, I have a note like I think they did this like Indiana in the Indiana Jones movies with the like, motorcycles. No, the, no, the, when they were like planning out the movies for Indiana Jones, at least the first three. I don't know about that Crystal Skull bullshit, but <laughs> they would just be like, "What scenes do we want?" Yeah, we want a helicopter. We want a tank. We want a uh, Minecraft. We want a fucking whatever. We want. You know, and they they talk about the action scenes they want first. Yeah, and then they're like, "Fucking throw it, whatever." Oh yes, yeah. he, he's in a cave where there are children slaves, and that's why he's in Die a mine. That, that's why he's in a helicopter shootout. Yeah, this one gives us the so the snowmobile. I, I kind of feel like they were just like nobody's done a snowmobile chase gun shoot thing. Let's let's work that in somehow. I kind of feel like that's what yeah. they're doing here. So. Now Bruce uh, ends. Bruce ends up catching up to William Sadler, and of course William flips it back over to the red tape, mm-hmm. and uh, he's you know they're they're racing along and firing, and he like kind of ramps and they blow up his snowmobile, but of course Bruce knows what's going to happen before it happens and and bails. Mm-hmm. So when the snowmobile explodes, he's not on it, but they think he's dead, which. Anytime your your enemy thinks you're dead, that's your advantage for sure. You can always play that, right? Yeah. So he, he then Bruce is sitting there like I had him in my sights. Like I I know I'm a better shot than this. What the fuck is going on? But his gun was still on the blue tape. Yeah. So that's when he discovers blue is blanks. Well, he pull he pulls the magazine yeah. out and looks, and I mean, if you're familiar with firearms, you know, blanks versus live ammo will look, look a lot totally different. different. Yeah, they yeah. got a different tip. So on it. then he knows, and that means now he figures out that the army he is in on out, it. Out, yeah, the it, army is in the on twist. <laughs> what a twist! What a M twist. Night Shyamalan twist? Yeah, this must have been his favorite movie. This twist is so hard. <laughs> but the the major uh, tells Dennis Franz, who Dennis Franz doesn't know that he's crooked yet, but he's like, hey, man, uh, take all your men, get back to the airport, cover all the exits, make sure nobody tries to get out of the airport exits, whatever. And he's like, yeah, okay, that seems smart. I mean, that's just him saying all cops, like, that's his way, which is a great move get on his part. Get rid of everybody. Just get the fuck out of here, yeah. Did we a- already pass the point where um, the blue team, um, everybody, and stop me if I get too far, because I don't want to jump too far ahead, but where they're in, I guess it's one of the planes uh, going somewhere, the blue team, and they're like, oh, where were you in Grenada or whatever, and there's only one guy who wasn't there, and they end up. Yeah, uh, that you're, we're not we, there yet, yeah. Okay, we're not, not there, there yet. yet. Oh, no, you're right. You're right, 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 right. Because that was before. Because that's where we figure out, oh, shit. And then like, that's before McLean figures out. Yeah, because there's the only yeah. one guy that was, like, legit army issue dude, and they kill him off. Yeah. You're right. Um, Actually, I, no, that was my next note. That's right here. Because he sends the cops all off, and then they're in the, the van, and he kills one of his own guys. And he was, was an Asian guy, dude, so. wasn't he? Uh, was <sighs> Probably. he? Probably. Uh, These diehard movies. Is he somebody... It wasn't Al Young. Okay, so. no, I, I know it wasn't Al Young. Um, I mean, I'm going to scroll through the cast, see if I can just find him. All right, so I'll keep going. Here. So now, while Thornburg is on air, piece of shit, we're back on the on that airplane, right? The POS Thornburg's still doing his uh, phone radio news broadcast thing, right? And so Shirley gets uh, a taser, fucking tases him. Yeah. Mid-report, which is fucking great. 
Uh, John makes his way back to uh, Dennis Franz's main office where he's like, these guys are fucking in on it. He's like, whatever, McLean, you're fucking asshole. This is all your fault somehow, even though I know it's not. And you tried to warn us about it, and I didn't listen to you. But still, I'm blaming it all on you. And then he just opens fire. He's like, yeah. He's like, see, they're all fucking blanks. The fucking army's in on it, you fucking shitheads. You fucking lead-ass shit brains. <laughs> yeah. Give him, give him that ad lib. Yeah, uh, the guy that they that the blue team kills that wasn't in on it uh, is Patrick O'Neill, and this is probably his biggest role, unless yeah. you want to count the TV series of Beverly Hills Nine Hundred Two One Zero. No, definitely not. no. Okay, Nobody then this was his that. biggest role. Well, good. I mean, he's getting them royalty checks. Still, hell, we just gave him one, I guess. Fuck yeah. Here, let, let's help the boy out. Patrick O'Neill, Patrick O'Neill, Patrick O'Neill. Oh, fuck. Now I feel like he's going to come row. up behind yeah, me. Yeah, that's right? right. Wait, is that blue tape or red tape? Shit. <laughs> um, yeah, so everybody in the airport, like all the airport proper, now we're back finally in the actual airport instead of the underbelly or the fucking janitor's hostel or whatever. Uh, they're all freaking out because, of course, Thornburg's report is being broadcast live and they're yeah, all seeing everybody's the hearing. So it. airports in complete chaos now. Uh, even though Holly tased him and I will bring that up repeatedly because how awesome was this? She's that just fucking amazing. Like, broke open the bathroom door and just fucking took him out. Awesome. So now, uh, William Sadler, generalist Baranza, the major all make it to the, the escape Seven Forty Seven. They're yeah. on their, their getaway plane and McLean, Pardon me, Burbick. Uh, McLean uh, and uh, the the woman reporter Coleman. Mm-hmm. They're in a helicopter, right? And flying in in this helicopter, and he's like, "I hate flying." She's like, "Well, what are you doing?" He's like, "I hate losing more." Yeah. And uh, so he's like, "Try to get in front of him," you know, because the the plane's moving. He's like, "Get in front of him." And the pilot's like, "I'm not. I'm not gonna fucking play chicken with a goddamn seven forty seven. That's not gonna Fair happen." Fair enough. Yeah, right? Or no, he says with not a 747, I'm going to play chicken with a 200-ton plane. Which, yeah. Still, fair enough. Yeah, still. So instead, he's like, well, get on top of it. So they're they're flying over it. Get and, me over it. Yeah. And he's, like, hanging outside of it a bit. And he's yelling instructions at the helicopter pilot. I've never been on a helicopter, but I know enough to know. Fuck. There is no fucking way. Because he doesn't have his headset on that yeah. has the mic. He's just sitting, and he's hanging outside the door even to make it that little bit. That's like 1% worse considering all the noise a helicopter makes. But him being like hanging outside the helicopter. Yeah. But no, that pilot's not hearing you saying, bring it lower, bring yeah. it lower. That's no. not happening. You're full of shit. And then honestly, and I'm not doubting the fact that somebody could hang on to the skid of a helicopter with the downwash from the rotors, from the main rotors, but it's going to be hard as fuck. Well, yeah, but... John McClane. I'm not. Yeah, again, it's John McClane. It's John McClane. I'm sure he could do this that. This is still having hair, John McClane. Oh, that's that's the that's glory a tough, days. That's a tough son of a bitch right there. Yeah, that's fuck what yeah. that is. So he jumps down onto the wing of the plane as it's like starting to try to build up speed, and he shoves his jacket or the jacket he got off of a firefighter way earlier. He's yeah. been wearing like this thick. I mean, and, and I guess it makes sense that he got that because it needs to be a thick, heavy enough coat to jam up the flap. As the ailerons. There you go. Okay. See? That's why. Aviation expert. But 
jams it in there so it can't adjust to be able to uh, take off. Right? That's what he's doing? Yeah, I mean, he just he just wedged up the flight controls so they weren't able to... Yeah. You know, so the, 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 the aileron. The, the, the ailerons control your the, roll. Yeah. So, essentially, you're rolling left and right. And I'm sure that it, it's trying to move, and it can't, and it's like, error, error. And it's like, wouldn't the airplane have some kind of like, oh, this isn't working, we're not... Well, your controls would have just bounded up and, and be like, would, oh, fuck, no, I'm not going to take I'm off. I'm not taking no off because this, is this isn't yeah. happening right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Uh, just like that fucking uh, Twilight Zone where they're like, there's something on the wing. That's exactly what I thought. <laughs> and I was like, oh, fuck. This is, Bro, this is all for the cap. On the wing. Something. Because it was William Shatner. William Shatner in the TV show, John Lithgow in the movie. If you saw the Twilight Zone movie, they'd read it. Because the Twilight Zone movie was like four episodes, basically. Yeah. Like vignettes. So the actual original series it was William Shatner. That was William Shatner. Something on the wing. Something on the wing is yeah. And then it was Lithgow in the movie. But the movie, you know, killed people. People legitimately actually died for the Twilight Zone movie. So we don't we don't like to talk about that. But so he's on the wing of the plane, fucking up the flaps, doing the shit. The major major is coming out. He's like, hey. I'm going to fuck you up. Now, here's the problem. Dude, that was William Shatner? I, I told you. I had no fucking idea yeah. that was him. That's the Shat. I guess I should have by That's the, the cadence of his speech. Fuck, I didn't know that. There you go. Educational tab. Oh, wait, no. Never no. Mind. That's the wrong one. Yeah. There it is. You can uh, use that as a Star sound. swipe. As a, as a drop later. So the major comes out. But here's the problem I have. And, and I brought this up to Manny as we were watching this, and maybe you can... But how does the Major open a door that's directly above the wing? Because later on when you see the plane, the door's behind the wing. I, I know there are multiple doors. There's the one up front that you usually walk in and out of if it's a, a, a proper landing and all that. And there's always a second one where they're like, are you comfortable sitting in the seat in case you have to open the emergency door and I get all that? They are never directly above the wing. Because how are you going to get the little air fucking, the, the, the inflatable slide thing down to the ground if you're right above the wing? I mean, you got a point. Um, I'm trying to find just a picture of like a cargo variant. So this is a 747. They said yep. that cargo. specifically. Cargo variant. So... Is there a door? I see you have all the pictures pulled up. Google, Google, or Bing, Bing, sorry. Oh, do we need to Bing it? Sorry, sponsors. Uh, So, when the major, but also it doesn't matter because they fuck up because later when they show the plane, the door is behind the wing. So this is straight up, uh, exactly. But the major opens the door and is able to like just casually step down onto the wing as the plane is approaching takeoff speed, you know? Like, it's racing along. And they, they fight a little bit. Um, he ends up pushing the major <laughs> off the wing, and he gets sucked into the engine. Yeah, I mean, at the beginning ooh, of this fight scene, they, they had a couple uh, critical like angles that had them fighting and, shot and showed the engine. I was like, Somebody Something getting sucked into that. into that engine. And it's definitely not John. <laughs> I Sorry that 
this movie came out in 90 and it's 2021. So I know for sure there are more of these movies. So he's not the one. Getting <laughs> he, sucked he survives. In. Yeah. He's not the one getting sucked into that engine, but you're right. They set it up. And so he gets sucked into it, which I'm sure in the theater in 19, in July 8th, 1990, when you go to opening night of die hard to sing, Fuck yeah. You were probably like, yeah, Woo! when that dude got sucked in the engine. Awesome. For sure. I get that. I get that. I'll give this one that. And so he's also noticed the fuel dump lever. Yeah. And this is another. Is that a thing? My knowledge? No. Now, planes such as a 747, they do have the ability to dump fuel. But that wouldn't be out. It wouldn't. No. Because when the fuck, the only time feasibly you would have access to a lever out there is when the plane is sitting on the ground. When you're fueling it, and there would be no need to Why would you dump fucking, it yeah. while you... Yeah. Like, as far... Like, again, I don't have the... I'm not Listeners crazy of any of you familiar know. with a 747, but a hand valve you know, switch to dump the fuel, non-existent. No, you, there, would be, there would have to be a system so that it doesn't get fucked with or something. Yeah. Like, if it's... It would be safety wired. It would be something. Also, it wouldn't exist. The only option would be inside the cockpit when you would need. Well, there's there on a true 747, there's vent valves underneath the wing that when, if for whatever reason, they need to dump fuel. If their landing weight is too heavy, they can dump fuel. Right. But you're not going to be out on the wing doing that. That would be inside. Like there would be no reason for that to be outside. You're not going to always have John McClane hanging out on the wing of your airplane Pulling levers. Yeah. Just willing. John, we need you to dump yeah. 2,000 hey, pounds of fuel. Just go out there and start pulling fucking shit. Just go willy-nilly. Just start pulling and yanking. Just do it. Just do it. It's not going to happen. So it's stupid, but whatever. He notices that there's a... And it almost looks like a ripcord more so or something. like. But he sees this thing for fuel dump. But right as he's like going to go for that, this is when William Sadler comes out of that casual step down onto the wing door. Yeah. And then just starts karate kicking the shit out of him. Like he is, he's doing better than the fucking dude in Die Hard 1. He's getting his ass kicked. Because the dude in Die Hard 1 was kicking the shit out of his head all over the place. This dude, he's doing better. And this is because he's like, the whole world has seen my taint. So now (laughs) I... He's got a score to settle. Yeah, now I have to prove I'm still tough somehow. Knocks him off the wing even. Kicks him the fuck off of the plane wing as it's flying along. So, in all in all actuality, William Sadler wins this fight. But John McClane fist fights, he doesn't really ever win. He just gets lucky. And how does he get lucky in this one? Well, it turns out, at some point during all that, he did pull that lever. And this plane is just hemorrhaging fuel. And so as he's laying there and recovers and William Sadler's getting his way back into the airplane because as tough as he is, he realizes he can't stand on the wing while it takes off. Uh, so he's like, oh, well, let me light up the cigarette and uh, yippee ki motherfucker. Did he use the lighter from Die Hard 1? The Zippo that he got from... Uh, I don't recall. Kyle's brother? I don't recall. 
Yeah, neither do I. It just hit me. It's like it might have been that would have been that would have been a great deal. If you're gonna spend this entire movie reminding people that Die Hard One exists, that would have been actually a cool detail to use that lighter to do the same lighter. But he uses the line. That line has made it into all five Die Hard movies. Has to be. And what's that line? Yippee ki yay, motherfucker! He said the thing. He said the thing. He said the thing. He did the thing. Uh, God, remember that scene in this movie where he's like, "It's time to die hard too." No, <laughs> they said the thing. They said the, no. Um, so he he lights the fuel and it races along. Because I imagine yeah. that 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 the jet fuel ignites fast. Oh, it's and it's, extremely well. Here's the problem with that. Yes, it's very volatile. It's very flammable, uh, especially Jet A, which may have been what they were running on. I'm not exactly sure, but. What, like, it also evaporates very quickly. The read right. vapor pressure on jet fuel is significantly but remember lower. Remember, we're in than the water. midst of a blizzard, so with the cold, no, what the hell? It's still evaporating. Like, he, from the time, like, when he first pulled that to where that first bit of fuel would have been on the ground, I mean, you're talking. But he pulled it. And it kept going. So he, when he sure. got kicked off, he was he was a ways down the line. Like he got kicked off and lit it pretty immediately. So that sure. that fuel hadn't been there. Yeah, even but, a minute yet. Not but even Jet A, a is going to evaporate. I mean, you're talking within. I mean, a, an ounce within a couple seconds. Really? Yeah, well, it, it's going to evaporate very. Look, quickly. if we can make up a long, uh, luggage smashing machine. That's for also electrified for this. Yes, you got then, it. Then then say we, no more. Then we can have jet fuel. Be potent for a, a minute. Yeah. Let's okay. do it. Let's do it. But he lights it and it goes and it, it follows. I love it, it because yeah. a plane is starting to take up and I love how it follows it up in the air, which I guess it's the fumes that instead of the, the liquids. Yeah. So it feasibly could sure. follow the curve up as the plane's taken off. So like we're all right, we're with you. And it explodes and all all the bad guys happen to be in one nice little package that you can blow the fuck up. And he did that. So, listeners, let that be a lesson to you. If you're going to do something bad... Don't ever be all in the same place. Yeah. Exactly. S- space it out. Space it out. Don't put all your bad eggs in one basket. Yeah. That's how the same In one goes. explodable basket. One explodable... Yeah, that's the key <laughs> point there. Make sure your basket isn't made out of C4. Yeah, make sure your basket is... Ex- or a two-part liquid. ...is explode-proof. Um, so, now... The the trail of burning jet fuel and the wreckage of the the plane uh, does gives the light to Holly up. Holly's plane that was doing that we we have to land or we're gonna fucking die, <laughs> and as they're coming they're like oh holy shit it's a he Christmas lit up the mir- runway it's a Christmas miracle again yeah and so then they're like. We should tell all the other planes to do that. And Barnes is like, no, they already know. Listen. And you can hear them all radio chattering. Yeah. And it's and so it's total great. Literally the second the bad guy dies, everything goes fucking gangbusters and wonderful. All these planes start landing. Yeah. Like, we got to figure it out. I'm going to land. And I'm just going to get out of the way. And the next guy's going to land. And just, just, just all. Yeah. It's like a fucking toll booth. They're just ching, ching, ching. Coming right in. So but they had to give him ten quarters. I'm sorry. Uh, which which on ramp did you use? Oh, sorry. You owe you owe more. Oh, do you take car? No, sir. Uh, that hasn't been invented yet. <laughs> Fuck. I don't. I don't have change. I'm sorry. I'm a commercial pilot. I didn't bring fucking 
I'm trying you to keep the weight down, I, damn I it. Didn't bring two dollars and quarters with me. Well, sir, then you're just gonna have to call someone to bring them here because I can't let you through until you. No, anyway. So, <laughs> what a horrible bit that was. That was Ooh. that was dumb. So he runs and like Holly's getting off the plane and he's just running around the the, the carnage. He's, he's and everything. yelling, he's like, right? And so she finds him, and they they hug and kiss. She and slides down the slide. Does, and yeah, and does all things. She's like, "Why does this keep happening to us?" Because it's only it's it's the next Christmas, right? It is the next Christmas, yeah. and in the Die Hard, yeah, this is two years yeah. later, movie wise. But yes, but it is the next the, Christmas as the story is concerned. I mean, at uh, that point, that's a tradition. Yeah. Hey, guess what? Every Christmas, shit's got to blow up. People got to die. Terrorists, air vents. Top of an elevator, explosions. I get shot at least once. Yippee ki yay, motherfucker. Yippee ki yay, motherfucker. In fact, that's what he signs all of his Christmas cards with. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this is our beautiful family. Holly started a new job this year. Uh, Jack turned eight and is doing great at soccer. Yippee ki yay, motherfucker. <laughs> Whatever, yeah, like this, this Christmas uh, little holiday Christmas. It's card. like a, a Christmas uh, haiku. <laughs> Almost, yeah. So, yeah, it's great because you know they're hugging and kissing, and he's bleeding all over her. Oh, yeah, just like she, he did, just like he did at the end of the first one. But I like to think that she's like, "Why does this keep happening to us?" He's like, uh, "I don't, I don't know." But uh, we still down for that uh, hotel room. We still because uh, I, I mean I paid for the room already, and yeah. I mean, asking the real questions yeah, here. I'm, because, I mean, at the end of the day, let, let's just look at it like... If we didn't, we'll go movie, get some breadsticks at the Olive Garden across the street, and then we'll go to the motel. Yeah. But Well, at the beginning of the movie, yeah, it starts out, yeah, he was wanting to get laid, he was wanting to get some, and then, yeah, by the end of the movie, he needs to be like, hey, so uh, we got this near-death experience, yeah. we both almost died, you want to... Yeah. I don't know. This is what saved our marriage the first time. Maybe it'll second save sex the life a second time. Yeah. You know, I'm just saying, let's fuck. Let's fuck. The let's man's fuck. trying. The man's trying, goddammit. Uh, so, and then that's the end of the movie. And it ends, like we said before, with, where all the weather outside is frightful. That fucking let it snow. Exactly. Which Manny swears. Manny swears that song's about sex. I mean There's the one part where he goes, When we finally kiss goodnight. When we when we finally, finally kiss goodnight, how I'll hate going out on the storm. But as long as you hold me tight, then then all the way home, I'll be warm. Well, so, wasn't it a, a whole couple like a couple years ago where people were trying to like essentially ban or cancel that song because no, it's that was "Baby, a, It's Cold Outside." That's the same song. No, "Let It Snow," which is this song, is different than "Baby, It's Cold." "Baby, It's Cold Outside," where he she's like no, and he keeps pushing her, and she keeps saying no, and then at one point she even says, "What's in this drink?" Yeah. Okay, so, I guess those are different songs then. Yeah. Okay. Baby I guess is it's cold, similar. Baby is cold outside as she wants to leave and is trying to leave and he's not letting he's her. He's like, well, baby, is cold Let outside. it snow is just like, hey, as long as we got each other, baby, let it snow. And it's... Okay. Let it snow is consensual. I mean, aren't most, <laughs> aren't most songs, if they're not directly about sex, they're about stuff either hoping to get some... Or, or they're a metaphor for <laughs> post coitus. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, sex uh, sells. 
sex does sell. That's what Paul McCartney. I'll is, take two, please. Paul McCartney is talking about in Penny Lane. Yeah, it's all about sex. Penny Lane. Penny Lane. You know the song? She a hooker? Yeah, I know the song. She a hooker? In Penny Lane, there's a barber selling photograph. I, I don't know. I was, to, I was just I'll trying to pick the most like nonsensical, obviously not sexual song I could think of and try to work. It's not going to work. We're not. We're, we're not doing that. There's no way to shoot. It's about fucking barber cutting people's hair and shit. It's there's no, it's definitely not a sexual I mean, song. That could be an innuendo. Oh yeah, baby. Uh, I'll come cut no, your hair. I'll cut your hair. Yeah. Actually, you better have that haircut. Cause I, I uh, nah. yeah, I have that ready for me. You, you mm-hmm. ain't that, you ain't that set about that seventies look. Well, the guy from Penny Lane is the barber. Well, I'm sure. About the barber. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. I'm asking yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in, in character. Hey, the way I see it, if you're getting there, you're getting there. If you got a, yeah, I don't care. Yeah, I don't, I don't give a care. shit. Like, if I got to search for it, that I don't, it might even make it a little better for me. Hell yeah, it's I feel like, like Indiana Jones. You got to work for it, god yeah, damn right. it. Fuck. Give me a machete, I'm getting in there. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we end with fucking Let It Snow, like the first one. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's it. And then immediate credits and fucking movie's over. Because this movie has no depth, really. It's, it's, hey... That first action movie was great. Let's do exactly that. Yeah. And that's really what it is. But anyway, not to talk shit before we get to let's go right. Let's go around the horn, which there's no around right now. It's just let's go back it's, and forth. It's back and forth, yeah, right? Let's, let's back and forth the horn. Um Ooh. you know, there was there was one scene in here that um I absolutely hadn't seen in some like I've seen this movie several times, but it's always kind of been in passing, but in large chunks. Okay. You know, like 30, 45 minutes here. I mean, it's a fucking two and a half hour movie. Is it really? I think so. Yeah. So no. It's pretty fucking close no. to it. Yeah. Um, of course, it's going to... Yeah, I know. You got to scroll through. But... Um, but yeah, it's it's a long movie. And th- I don't know. So there was there was just one scene where it was like, oh, fuck, I hadn't seen this. Mm. It didn't change my opinion. And I swayed it or anything. But of all the Die Hard series, this is probably... Probably the weakest one. Have you seen four and five? Yeah, you've seen been, four and five. It's yeah, it's been a while, so I I, I don't want to like say this and and hardline it. So I I will reserve the right to to amend it later on. But I don't know. This isn't obviously the greatest Die Hard, but it's still good. I would say it's still rewatchable just because it's a fucking Die Hard movie. Right, man. right, right, right. Um, but it's probably in the lower half. Of the Die Hard franchise, um, but as I said, it's fucking rewatchable. It's enjoyable. I love it. It's a fucking '90s action movie. Right. What more could you want? Yeah. Uh, so my feeling on this, like, they didn't, they didn't take any time. They no. didn't even try. It was, it was, yeah. They were trying to milk that tea. They trying to chafe it. They like wanted to ride the success and and recreate it exactly. You know. Uh, it, they didn't put any fucking thought. They found they found a book that somebody does something actiony, and they're like, "Cool, whatever." But now let's throw in a bunch of ties and make sure that everybody fucking looks at the camera and winks. Yeah, to make sure you remember that Die Hard One happened. It's two hours four minutes. Two hours four. Okay. Yeah. Um, that being said, uh, I don't think it's the worst. It. For me, it's one, one and three, one, one and vengeance, toggle back and forth 
for the for, best. For, for the best. I, I would agree with you. They're on both that. just fucking amazing. Fucking amazing. And it probably would go on which whichever one I've seen most recently is the yeah. you know of those two, and then Die Hard Two is is under that because they didn't give a fuck about the story, they didn't give a fuck about anything, but it's still done. It still scratches that Die Hard itch, and, it, and it's it's believable. It looks it looks fucking great. Yeah. The the scenes look great. The explosions like as much as we talked about and picked apart all the unbelievable shit and all the whatever like it's still done in a in a believable way like nothing is supernatural nothing's fucking For sure. out of control it's like and as I said, this isn't John McTiernan who comes back for three, which is why one and three are the fucking good ones because they're both John McTiernan directing. Yeah. But this guy does a good job at keeping the feeling attention in certain scenes and building up moments where you're like, oh, fuck, 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 And then, of course, he gets out. And you knew you were going to get out, but you still thought maybe you won't get out, whatever. Uh, yeah. There was a point when we were watching the movie, and we I think we were cooking dinner while it was going, and... Or maybe we had started and we stopped it and it was like, fuck, we're already 45 minutes in. Like, it it captures your attention. It grabs. It keeps you, yeah. It, it starts. Like, it's a two-hour movie, but in, in he comparison gets, he with gets, other two-hour movies that we've had. He gets a car towed and immediately discovers bad guys and there we go. And that's we're it. Off. Yeah, and we're that's off. It. We're if going. you can get past the first 12 and a half minutes, you're hooked. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I give it a, I give it a good rewatch. Like, Obviously, it's a carbon copy. It's it's thrown out really quick for money, but it was done well. Yeah, it was done well, and uh, they 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 sold it like it wasn't it wasn't cheap cop off. Like it was competently done. Sure, yeah. The the action scenes are there. The tensions there. Everything you want in Die Hard is still there. It's just. You can tell it was rushed. See it the was first carbon one. copy. Yeah. yeah, you can tell that, but it's still good. It still captures that attention. Sure, sure. Like, don't don't seek it out. But you know, if you're fucking having a lazy Sunday at home and this is on TV, absolutely watch. Fuck it. yes, absolutely. Yeah. And then the next Sunday, it's on TV again. Watch it again because this is a great fucking lazy action movie. Yep. It's awesome. So yeah. Re- rewatchable, but so there you go, listeners. Caveats. If you want two lazy weekends in a row, watch Die, Die Hard Two. <laughs> there it is. Uh, if you like what you heard, everybody, you can find us on Twitter at Their Watch Party. Uh, you can email us rewatchparty at gmail dot com. Tell us that you know, give us your rankings. Tell, how do you feel about the Die Hard franchise? I'm personally is one slash three interchangeable, then two, and then. Huge fall off of a cliff down into the ocean for four, and then bottom of the Mariana Trench for five. Shit. Myself, but let us know how do you how how do you rank the Die Hard movies? Or email us about it. Anything else? You know, we we'd love to hear from you. So send us some emails. Uh, join us next week when we do the finale of the good Die Hard trilogy with Die Hard with a Vengeance. Until then, I'm Nick with Brandon, and thanks for rewatching.
He's a New York cop with a nose for trouble. He's taking the scenic route. A knack for making enemies. And a talent for beating the odds. On a good day, he's a great cop. On a bad day, he's the best there is. Oh, what yeah, happened? But... You got a triple A card? Die Hard with a Vengeance.